Perfect Balance Healthcare presents Lick, Stick, and More with your host, Dr. Nandita Kuti. Join me to explore the minds of thought leaders as they share golden nuggets on the impact of faith integration in practice, professional development tips, and innovative solutions to bring you beyond ordinary healthcare. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode. We have with us here today, Dr. Kelly Wheeler. She is a Christian author and educator who has navigated the difficult road of facial reconstruction, infertility, and loss. She has discovered the life-changing love of God on her journey of healing and is the author of a new book, Transformed by Love, Finding Freedom in the Father's Heart. It's a devotional of love letters from the Heavenly Father that inspire a greater discovery of His love and a faithful journey towards His promises. Dr. Wheeler is also a certified health education specialist who holds a PhD and master's in public health from Walden University. She has worked in the field of health education for over 17 years in both nonprofit and academic sectors and has traveled to Haiti, Belize, Guatemala, and Nicaragua, sharing the love of Jesus through life-giving health educational programs. Thank you so much, Dr. Wheeler, for joining us today. Uh, if it's all right with you, I'd like to open with prayer. Sure, that'd be great. Awesome. Heavenly Father, we thank you for crossing our paths and for providing us with the time and the technology to gather around your word, Lord, that we might connect over such great distances to share in your joy. And we thank you, Lord, for the promise that as your word might leave us, that it may not return void. So we pray, Father, that you might use us always for whether we eat, drink, or whatever we do, we do it all for your glory. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kelly, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. I'm so happy that you're able to join me on this special occasion. And I just wanted to first ask you, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your opinions and your views of how and where faith fits in with healthcare. You know, where do you see it being applicable? How do you feel like healthcare practitioners could be better leading their patients to optimize health through their faith. Well, I think when we talk about health, faith and basically a belief in God oftentimes fuel the healing process for a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. And it's important to look at the whole person when you are encountering somebody in the healthcare sector who is seeking help, because a lot of times you can connect with that faith in God and you can pray with your patients. You can also experience a journey of healing with that patient because you know that the Lord is fueling that process of healing. And I think a lot of times we try to separate the two, but we are whole beings. We are mind, body, spirit. And we can't just approach healthcare from one facet because everything connects what we think about, what we experience in our physical bodies and what's going on in our spirits is all connected and related. Mm -hmm. And so when healthcare practitioners and patients come together and healthcare practitioners can bring that faith to the forefront, they can pray with patients and they can also talk about how that belief system can fuel the healing journey for that patient. So I think it's really important that we navigate healthcare with a view of healing with God in mind, because he is the great physician. And ultimately, 
He's the one who helps people to improve in their health and well-being. Amen. You know, I feel like prayer is something that is so heavily underutilized in healthcare and he is the greatest healer of all. So, you know, we definitely should be putting him first in that. One topic that immediately came to mind when I first started reading your book was, you know, you claim in the very beginning to have the ability to hear God and you've translated what he has spoken to you into these letters. Okay. And so that's, that's a huge claim. And that's a big pill for people who aren't strong believers to swallow. And so I wanted to hear if people ever question your ability to hear God and how do you respond to that? I think hearing from the Lord is an interesting journey. You know, I describe it as having conversations with him, just like I would my best friend. And a lot of times he'll speak to me through nature, through different visual imagery. So it's sort of like I have these conversations and I'm an outdoors person. And so the book is really just a reflection of my conversations where he was sort of reminding me in a very still small voice in my heart mm -hmm. what the Bible is teaching me about myself and about my life. So for those who aren't used to that, I would just simply say that most of what happens with me happens from scripture. And then he'll use like visual imagery from something outside or something in my life to explain that scripture to me. And that ends up becoming a full-fledged conversation where I learn something about his heart. Well, I've brought with me today some scripture to validify your experiences, you know, so I'll share them with you. One is Romans 10, 17, and it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay, and John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And then John 8, 47 states, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And then uh, my favorite is John 14, 26. Uh, and it's really focused around that voice that you hear, which is the Holy Spirit. And it, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, our advocate, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this scripture that you are able to remember from Psalm as you see that book, as you see that tree, excuse me, that's him bringing to remembrance his word and his truth because the only language he speaks is scripture. So if you don't know the scripture and you haven't hidden it in your heart, there's no way you can hear what he's saying to you because he doesn't speak anything that's false. He only speaks the truth. And you will exactly. know the truth, he can't talk to you. So you won't hear it. It won't come to remembrance. So that's exactly what you've been experiencing. And that's why I was able to read your book with confidence that this is scripture based. And I was able to actually see it. Even as a new believer, I was able to pull the, the references out of the text, even though it wasn't the guidance references that you were providing to prompt people through the devotional. So excellent work. Um, I just wanted to to commend you for that and say, you know what, that's very uh, courageous of you to be able to make that claim and to stand by it and stand firm in, in your calling and your purpose and your gift uh, that God has blessed you with. So thank you, Kelly, for, for doing that. Thank you. 
Absolutely. So I'm on a mission to help people to focus on glorifying God in everything they do, right? There's a lot of self-destructive thinking that is surrounding people when it comes to them breaking out of their shell and, you know, not focusing on self, but figuring out how to even work in a way that aside from Sundays, they're actually focusing more on the glorification on God than the focus on self. And what they don't realize is that self-destructive thinking is actually sinful. You know, um, going into depression or, you know, the fear of, well, what if, you know, of what has not even happened? It's a future fear of something. It's not even a present threat. Your reputation, your feelings, how people will view you, you know, the only audience that you should be concerned about is an audience of one. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I know you had you had mentioned and and you you're continuously prompting the reader to share in conversation with the Holy Spirit with the reference verses to kind of prompt the reader to to seek him in the word. That's important because you know, you can read as many books as you want from authors like yourself and my, and myself. But if we aren't redirecting the reader to the actual scripture, what's <laughs> how are they going to find him, right? So, um, what have your experiences been with self-destructive thinking and how have you overcome that and allowed yourself to be as bold and courageous and strong as the God commands as you are? Well, I think that at its core, I think it's important to acknowledge the reason that we struggle so much with this is because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the case of my life, he came right in from the very beginning in an attempt to destroy my identity. I think if your identity is not rooted and grounded properly, then you end up striving. Then you end up trying to people please. Then you're trying to self promote. Then you're trying to fill yourself up mm -hmm. so that you feel worthy, mm -hmm. so that you feel loved. And the reality is God created us to be filled with his love and it's a sure love. First Corinthians 13 describes it and it never fails. It's kind, it's patient. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. Anyone can read that chapter and I would strongly recommend it. That is what love looks like. And when we begin to let God tell us who we are, we can combat the lies of the enemy. And then we can start to be motivated by what motivates God's heart. It's not about what we're doing, but it's about letting the spirit work through us and use us to do his work, right? And his yes. serve his purpose to serve that higher purpose. I love that. And as a friend um, once told me metaphorically, and I love this picture that paints in my mind, there's a God-shaped hole in our heart that only he can fill. And we will be empty until we seek him and find him and he fills it and we're filled with the spirit. And, and you'll know because when you're shaken, what's in you is what comes out. So if what's coming out of you is negative every time that you're shaken, you need to seek more to, and fill yourself up with that positivity so that when you're shaken, that positivity is what comes out. 
And that's something that is a continual process for me as a new believer, learning to fill my cup with with his light and his positivity. Um, but I wanted to draw our attention to page 11 of your book. You were It's titled Embrace My Truth. And there's a line in here, if it's all right for me to share. It says, it is only through the illumination of my word that you receive clear vision and comprehend these truths. Girl, that is a heavy, heavy sentence. I'm going to read it one more time. It is only through the illumination of my word that you receive clear vision and comprehend these truths. That is where I met Jesus. I was literally reading the Bible one night and certain words on the page were illuminated. They look different than the other words on the page. And I can see that he was trying to point to me, this piece of scripture right here is what you need. And I didn't know what it meant at the time, but I read it until I knew it, tucked it in my heart. And then later on the week, it made sense. You know, and I said, whoa, <laughs> that, that is some crazy stuff. And it was addicting. I just wanted to read more. I'm like, what else? What else do I need to know? You know, like, please reveal to me how I can change and be more like you because this is, this is impactful stuff. And uh, like you, I suffered loss last year in July. I was six weeks pregnant and I lost the baby. And um, I was going to name the baby Faith. And you know, it felt like I was losing faith, literally. And it was the start of COVID, you know, things were a little crazy. I, you know, was dealing with transitioning out of a job. I was unemployed. I was trying to figure out how to pass the CPJE to come practice in in California. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I was going to work. I had nothing planned. And literally all I had was a voice in my heart telling me, I need to come here and serve the people here. I don't know why. And that was hard. When the Lord says to lose yourself for him, he means everything. It can mean even your children. And that is a dark reality, but it's the, it's the truth. And if you do that, if you follow his commands, no matter how hard they are, and you listen to him and you don't fall into the temptation that comes with the enemy, the light on the other side, the truth on the other side, it makes sense how that could be beneficial for your child in the future, how that could be beneficial for your, for the people you serve and, and why it's important for us to just walk with him. And so, yeah, in the darkness is where I found illumination through the word to get me through the higher purpose of no longer working for people who did not serve the Lord, but I began to work for him first and working with others who were working alongside the Lord. That is a different style of practice that I would like to encourage other practitioners to do. If you don't feel like you're in a place where you're working for the Lord, you're not in the right place. How do you feel about that, Kelly? Have you found a place where you feel like you're working through the illumination of the word for God? Oh, yes. And, you know, it's interesting because you can't understand the word of God unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. You must be chosen. You can't do it yourself. You can't learn it yourself. You, He has to reveal it to you. It's the spiritual rebirth. It's, it's like going to church and getting baptized and hoping that's going to be it for you. Yeah. You have to be baptized by the Spirit. You have to be changed. 
it's a spiritual rebirth, right? As Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus about that night, right? Yes. And, you know, that's that's where that process of being transformed comes in. You know, I can't understand anything unless the Holy Spirit explains it. I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about on page 17. I love uh, the, the picture you paint of where you are when you find peace with God. And very much like me, I'm an outdoors person and that's where I find him. I love doing wellness photography outdoors because it's his handiwork I want to see. I don't want to see what was built by man, you know? I want to see what he made and created and I want to find peace there. Um, I feel more connected to him around his work. And so, you know, my kids and, and nature is where I find that. I noticed that you had mentioned a coastal trail. Um, you might mention a forest. Uh, you had mentioned the coastal trail there and the joys that you find with the magnificent palms and the yellow blossoms and the perfect view of the bay and all of these things that I share with you a passion for. Um, what's your favorite though? Where is your favorite place to find him? Well, it's funny that you mention it. Since you're from the area or familiar with it, it's actually Pine Gully Park. I don't know if you've ever been there. <laughs> oh, now i got to look it up. Pine Gully Park. It's Seabrook. <laughs> oh, in <laughs> Seabrook. That's over on your neck of the woods. I will orient you. <laughs> um, these are real places that I'm writing about. <laughs> and there's a trail where you can walk in from off the road and there's flowers and there's tall grasses and you walk down a little bit and there's a little forested area in there and you see a lot of coastal birds and then you come out to the other side and you're at the park and it's at the bay and you see families gathered and things like that and it's just a really fun place to visit. And so that's actually literally what I was referring to in (laughs) that book. All people have to do is look at the songs. Mm -hmm. It is filled with discussion of nature. It is. Mm -hmm. I mean, David in the 23rd Psalm is talking about it like almost the whole way through, leading him beside a quiet brook. I mean, this this is not that complicated. And the Bible is really the original on talking about how God uses our environments to talk to us. I mean, Jesus himself went into the wilderness or he went out away from the people to spend time with the Lord. This is not a new concept, but we have to bring it together, like you said, with the word of God, because without the Holy Spirit, there is no restoration in your heart. There is no life. Oh, peace. There is yeah. no life, period. <laughs> what fears has God led you to overcome? Wow. The biggest fear that I had, I think, well, there's probably two that I can mention. One is that I would never be loved. And the other is that I would never live a good life. And the reason for that is because when I was born, as I mentioned, I was born with a, it's an unknown genetic syndrome. It doesn't have a name. It caused facial birth defects. And from the very beginning, People said there were things wrong with me. I would be in rooms filled with doctors who were always analyzing me. And for whatever reason, deep down in my little heart as a little girl, I felt like there was something wrong with me, that I was broken and that I wasn't lovable. 
And so that was a lie that God has had to combat. And more specifically in the last couple of years, he's pretty much demolished it by teaching me truth. But that's one of them. And then the other one about not having a good life was related to that and the infertility and just thinking, goodness gracious, I guess the Lord loves other people more than me. And maybe my life is just meant to be just one difficulty after another. And yet that's another another lie that the Lord has been combating and teaching me. And those lies I no longer believe, by the way. I mean, God literally destroyed all of those lies with his incredible love and has retrained my thinking. But those are two very significant lines that I have struggled with and am learning, probably continually overcoming. Yeah, I know you had mentioned um, you don't have to fear what is to come. You know, it's hard for you to find gratitude in the present season that you're in when you're so worried and you can't cast your anxiety on him about what's to come and, and the threat of what doesn't even exist. Just trusting in him to be still and to find gratitude in wherever you are and whatever you have. It's hard for you to gain when you're obsessing over what has lost, you know, and to move forward. What does thriving over surviving look like you? I know you had mentioned that you're you're thriving now. Is it so much that you, you don't have the fear and the, the worry and anxiety that you did before? Or is it because you maybe have had a burden lifted off of you with not having to worry so much about your identity as others might and finding gratitude in that dark hour and saying, thank you, Lord, for taking this off of me and helping me to realize that my identity has nothing to do with physical appearances. It's, it's that. It is definitely a removal of that burden because I now really get it at the deepest level of my heart, how deeply loved I am. Fearfully and wonderfully made you are. (laughs) Fearfully and wonderfully made, exactly. But then the other part of it is, is that I have always felt like from the time I was very little, I had to be brave. Mm -hmm. And I dealt with fear and I dealt with anxiety. I had lots of medical trauma because I had lots of surgeries and it was very traumatic for a child to go through that. Mm -hmm. And people would tell me, Kelly, you're so brave. (laughs) But you would tell a child, right? You're trying to encourage them. But I kind of learned a really horrible cycle of going through difficult things. Mm -hmm. So I would tell myself I'm brave and I'm strong, but I would have extreme fear and extreme anxiety. So it was almost like I had a wall of medals of bravery of all the moments where I was brave. But meanwhile, I'm being brave until I fall apart. Mm. Until the fear or the anxiety gets to me to the point where I would literally crater. I would literally emotionally crater. I would curl up in a little ball and I would cry and I'd say, I can't keep feeling this way. I can't keep feeling this fear. I can't keep feeling this anxiety. And then I would stop crying and I would get up and I'm like, I can do this and I would do it again. <laughs> and so that was my problem is I, that's what I refer to as just surviving. Yeah. And it in a cycle, right? A You're cycle just in a cycle surviving. over and until you get it right and you surrender, it, yeah. nothing's going to change, right? Yes. And God had to retrain my mind. So he had to teach me how to deal with those things. So just for your listeners, 
it's important when you have moments of fear or anxiety, your feelings are real, but they are not necessarily the truth. You want to acknowledge them, but what you actually want to do is stop and say, okay, what am I believing at this moment? And then you have to ask yourself, is this the truth? And you have to think about scripture and you might need to go look for scripture if you don't know. And then that scripture is what you choose to believe. It's the whole taking thoughts captive. And then you throw out the other. And then you allow the Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, okay, I have dealt with this. This is what you say is truth. Minister to my heart and lift up, lift off all the pain, all the anxiety, all the fear. And inevitably when I do that, I experience tremendous peace and the truth rolls and reigns in my mind that day. So it was more of the Lord teaching me how to not just fall apart over and over again, but how to really take those thoughts captive and let the ministry of the Holy Spirit lift everything off and then go about my day in victory. So that's what that was about for me too. That's huge. That's something I've been struggling with recently is how do you uproot any anger or bitterness that you have that is manifesting in your life and surrender it to God? Don't try to take matters into your own hands. The battle is not yours. The victory is his and then it will be ours. But to learn how to uproot it and put it away from you, as he says, is something I'm learning in a self-confrontation course. I've seen uh, psychiatrists and other psychologists say, okay, well, you need to confront the person and talk it out with them instead of confronting your own sin of letting yourself get angry or letting the enemy get under your skin and having you react the way you did to the situation. You know, giving him control over your life and surrendering these issues to him and carrying on in a way that he would deem appropriate is the answer. But that's not what we're taught, right? So I wanted to um, to tell you, page 69, shots fired, Kelly. I was like, ouch, <laughs> ouch, because <laughs> stop trying to manage your circumstances. <laughs> Release control. I will give you what you need so you may relax and delight in many beautiful dreams. Well then, that is something I don't do very easily. Stop trying to manage your circumstances. You are not in control. How many times have you planned your life out and it went the way you thought it was gonna go? It never does. Yeah. It never goes the way you think. I've tried too many times. And then (laughs) you end up frustrated because you had those expectations. But your way and your thoughts are not the ways and thoughts of God. Mm -hmm. So you have to accept that, right? And stop trying to manage your circumstances. (laughs) But just react to to life in a way that he would find pleasing and just know that he's in the room at all times, you know, and and live that way. And and you you literally said, you are not resting. I'm like, you're right. It has nothing (laughs) to do with how many Z's I caught. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with resting in him. And that's what you were trying to get across. And I just wanted to say that page was was real good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trading chaos for quiet and peace. 
what an exchange that we have available to us as Christians, knowing our purpose and destiny, as you say, is, is our key. And uh, we can all go back to Exodus 33, 14 for more on that if you want to see the illumination of the word on that one. So I just wanted to um, tie this all up with a nice bow and talk a little bit about your main goal for having written this piece and sharing it out with us. Um, and, and what I saw was the pledge for us to be an instrument of hope to those who are suffering, you know, and, and it was your example of how you were, you were doing that. I wanted you to, um, describe to us how your experiences have allowed you to share with others, how no one is beyond his reach and what happened that allowed you to have your first public affirmation of the Lord and first public proclamation of his work in your life? Wow. Well, God interrupted my life with this book, this whole journey. I was teaching my master's students in public health. I was going through a lot of tough life circumstances, but I was just sort of doing my thing. And he said to my heart in a still small voice, you know nothing about my life. And I want to share with you my heart. I want to have some conversations with you. And then I want you to share it with others so that my children can know who I am, how much I love them, and that there is a journey of promise for each one of them. And I think that was really, in a nutshell, very, very simple that this book was just born out of his heart for you and me. He is not satisfied with us just barely getting through life. Too many Christians don't know who they are, don't know that God is actually good at his, at his core, and don't believe that their lives have promise. They don't necessarily know, they haven't made that journey of his word coming alive in their hearts and living according to that. They're still struggling with the lies. And I believe that this is why the Lord interrupted my life, set me free so that I can then say, hey, you can be free too. You don't have to live in your past. You don't have to live based on what people have told you or what the enemy has whispered in your ear. You can receive the unconditional, unfailing love of the Lord and you can give your life fully and completely to him because he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy with your heart. And if you keep surrendering to him every day, you can experience a love and a freedom like you've never, ever known. And God will do miracles and mighty works in your life on that journey. So I think that's really what he was, you know, trying to communicate to you and to me. And I, I began to talk as soon as the book was in the works because the Holy Spirit said, hey, you've got a testimony in your own life. I want you to share it so that other people can know that no matter what they're going through, they can experience my love and they can be free too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they can experience joy and peace and no depression and anxiety are not in the future. No, 
Bad things are not in their future. Yes, we have an enemy who wants to destroy our lives, but greater is he who's in us than he in the world, and he is not finished working. And if we yield ourselves to him, he will complete that work, and it is a beautiful work. According to Philippians 1, 6, which is one of my favorite scriptures. So I did begin to start talking and I haven't stopped talking ever since out of obedience to the Lord. Amen. I probably wouldn't choose to come on camera or go on podcasts or anything like that. I would just, you know, mosey along in my life. But when we say yes to Jesus, we say yes every day, all the time and our lives become it. Yeah. So that's what my life is, and I am here, and I'm full of his peace, and full of his joy, and full of his love. And I want you and everyone else to know you can have that life too. You can be full of the love of God, and you can have a smile on your face again. You can look at life in full color instead of black and white or shades of gray, and you can experience all of his goodness. What is your favorite verse? <laughs> I have so many. I know. I left the hardest question for last. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, let me well, put it this way. If you could pick one verse that you felt like was most instrumental in your life, which one would it be? The one that came to remember the most, that the one that you bring up the most to, to help you through tough situations. What is the most useful biblical verse that you have in your quiver? Oh my goodness. Well, I think identity is like, the biggest thing that I've dealt with of knowing my worth and value and knowing that I'm loved. So Psalm 139, the entire chapter, but especially verse 14, but the whole chapter, I read it all the time as a reminder. If I have a day where that lie is just kind of getting a hold a little too much, I just open it up and I read. And I just love it because it's for somebody like me who was born with a genetic syndrome, who had my eyes and my nose broken and reconstructed it is the most astounding thing to me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that he created me before time began, that he loves me, that he has my whole life mapped out and that it's beautiful and that he knows me that intimately. So I, I can't really pick one specific verse from that chapter, the whole thing. The chapter. We'll take the whole chapter. Let's just say the chapter. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wheeler. This conversation has been so delightful. I thank you for carving out a piece of your time away from your family and your friends to share with us and share with others the glory that comes with being a believer and following and trusting in the Lord. So I hope to see you around and take care and stay safe. And we, uh, we thank you so much for sharing with us your experiences and your testimony. And if you don't mind closing us out with prayer, uh, we'll leave with that. Sure, it's my pleasure. Sweet Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And it's in you we live and move and have our being. And Father, I just pray that every person listening to the sound of my voice would just open their hearts to you and trust you with their hearts and with their life. Jesus, I pray for whatever difficult life circumstances are going on, Father, that you would just surround them with your presence and with your strength and with your peace. And Father, that you would work everything as you promise for your good, for their good and your glory. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your beautiful Holy Spirit. And I just pray for an increase right now 
in your presence. Father, that they would know they're loved and they would know your plan is good. We thank you, Jesus, for working. We thank you for setting us free. And we thank you that your promises are yes and amen. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dr. Wheeler, it has been a pleasure and an honor having you with us today. May God bless you always. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you too. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lickstick and More. Subscribe and follow us on YouTube and all the social media sites at Perfect Balance Healthcare or visit us anytime at pbh.life.